Article 4 of the United States Constitution outlines the relationship between the various states, as well as the relationship between each state and the United States federal government. It also empowers Congress to admit new states and administer the territories and other federal lands. The Full Faith and Credit Clause requires states to extend full faith and credit to the public acts, records and court proceedings of other states. The Supreme Court has held that this clause prevents states from reopening cases which have been conclusively decided by the courts of another state. The Privileges and Immunities Clause requires interstate protection of privileges and immunities, preventing each state from treating citizens of other states in a discriminatory manner. The Extradition Clause requires that fugitives from justice be extradited on the demand of executive authority of the state from which they flee. Since the 1987 case of Puerto Rico v. Branstad, Federal courts may also use the extradition clause to require the extradition of fugitives. The Fugitive Slave Clause requires the return of fugitive slaves. This clause has not been repealed, but it was rendered moot by the 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery. The Admissions Clause grants Congress the authority to admit new states, but forbids the creation of new states from parts of existing states without the consent of the affected states. The Supreme Court has held that the Constitution requires all states to be admitted on an equal footing, though the Admissions Clause does not expressly include this requirement. The Property Clause grants Congress the power to make laws for the territories and other federal lands. The Guarantee Clause mandates that United States guarantee that all states have a Republican form of government, though it does not define this term. Article 4 also requires the United States to protect each state from invasion, and, at the request of a state, from domestic violence. Section 1, Full Faith and Credit. Full faith and credit shall be given in each state to the public acts, records, and judicial proceedings of every other state. And the Congress may by general laws prescribe the manner in which such acts, records and proceedings shall be proved, and the effect thereof. The first section requires states to extend full faith and credit to the public acts, records and court proceedings of other states. Congress may regulate the manner in which proof of such acts, records or proceedings may be admitted. In Mills v. Dury, 1813, the United States Supreme Court ruled that the merits of a case, as settled by courts of one state, must be recognized by the courts of other states. State courts may not reopen cases which have been conclusively decided by the courts of another state. Later, Chief Justice John Marshall suggested that the judgment of one state court must be recognized by other states' courts as final. However, in McElmoyle v. Cohen, 1839, the court heard a case where one party obtained a judgment in South Carolina and sought to enforce it in Georgia which had a statute of limitations that barred actions on judgments after a certain amount of time had passed since the judgment was entered. The court upheld Georgia's refusal to enforce the South Carolina judgment. The court found that out-of-state judgments are subject to the procedural law of the states where they are enforced, notwithstanding any priority accorded in the states in which they are issued. Section 2, Rights of State Citizens, Rights of Extradition. Clause 1, Privileges and Immunities. The citizens of each state shall be entitled to all privileges and immunities of citizens in the several states. Clause 1 of Section 2 requires interstate protection of privileges and immunities. The seeming ambiguity of the clause has given rise to a number of different interpretations. Some contend that the clause requires Congress to treat all citizens equally. Others suggest that citizens of states carry the rights accorded by their home states while traveling in other states. Neither of these theories has been endorsed by the Supreme Court which has held that the clause means that a state may not discriminate against citizens of other states in favor of its own citizens. In Corfield v. Coriel, 1823, the Federal Circuit Court held that privileges and immunities in respect of which discrimination is barred include protection by the government, the enjoyment of life and liberty, the right of a citizen of one state to pass through, or to reside in any other state, 
for purposes of trade, agriculture, professional pursuits, or otherwise, to claim the benefits of the writ of habeas corpus, to institute and maintain actions of any kind in the courts of the state, to take, hold and dispose of property, either real or personal, and an exemption from higher taxes or impositions than are paid by the other citizens of the state. Most other benefits were held not to be protected privileges and immunities. In Corfield the circuit court sustained a New Jersey law giving state residents the exclusive right to gather clams and oysters. Clause 2, Extradition of Fugitives. A person charged in any state with treason, felony, or other crime, who shall flee from justice, and be found in another state, shall on demand of the executive authority of the state from which he fled, be delivered up, to be removed to the state having jurisdiction of the crime. Clause 2 requires that fugitives from justice may be extradited on the demand of executive authority of the state from which they fled. The Supreme Court has held that it is not compulsory for the fugitive to have fled after an indictment was issued, but only that the fugitive fled after having committed the crime. The Constitution provides for the extradition of fugitives who have committed treason, felony or other crime. That phrase incorporates all acts prohibited by the laws of a state, including misdemeanors and small, or petty, offenses. In Kentucky v. Denison, 1860, the Supreme Court held that the federal courts may not compel state governors to surrender fugitives through the issue of writs of mandamus. The Denison decision was overruled by Puerto Rico v. Branstad, 1987. Now, the federal courts may require the extradition of fugitives. Alleged fugitives generally may not challenge extradition proceedings. The motives of the governor demanding the extradition may not be questioned. The accused cannot defend himself against the charges in the extraditing state the fugitive must do so in the state receiving him. However, the accused may prevent extradition by offering clear evidence that he was not in the state he allegedly fled from at the time of the crime. There is no constitutional requirement that extradited fugitives be tried only for the crimes named in the extradition proceedings. Fugitives brought to states by means other than extradition may be tried, even though the means of the conveyance was unlawful. The Supreme Court so ruled in Mahan v. Justice, 1888. In Mahan a body of armed men from Kentucky forcibly took, without a warrant, a man in West Virginia to bring him back to Kentucky for formal arrest and trial. Clause 3 Fugitive Slave Clause No person held to service or labor in one state, under the laws thereof, escaping into another, shall, in consequence of any law or regulation therein, be discharged from such service or labor, but shall be delivered up on claim of the party to whom such service or labor may be due. Pierce Butler and Charles Pinckney, both from South Carolina, submitted this clause to the Constitutional Convention. James Wilson of Pennsylvania objected, stating it would require that state governments enforce slavery at taxpayers' expense. Butler withdrew the clause. However, on the next day the clause was quietly reinstated and adopted by the convention without objection. This clause was added to the clause that provided extradition for fugitives from justice. When first adopted, this clause applied to fugitive slaves and required that they be extradited upon the claims of their masters, but it provided no means for doing so. The Fugitive Slave Act of 1793 created the mechanism for recovering a fugitive slave, overruled any state laws giving sanctuary, made it a federal crime to assist an escaped slave, and allowed slave catchers into every U.S. state and territory. As free states sought to undermine the federal law, the even more severe Fugitive Slave Act of 1850 was enacted. In 1864, during the Civil War, an effort to repeal this clause of the Constitution failed. The vote in the House was 69 for repeal and 38 against, which was short of the 2 to 1 vote required to amend the Constitution. This clause was rendered mostly moot when the 13th Amendment abolished slavery. The text of this podcast is sourced from the Wikipedia Foundation under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license.
the written text has been altered for voice presentation. To view the modified and original text versions visit thelegalpages.com. The content of this podcast is presented for informational purposes only, and is not intended to be legal or professional advice. The Wikipedia Foundation is not affiliated with this podcast.